Welcome to Off the Record. I'm your host, Marika Day, dietitian, nutritionist, recovering perfectionist, and founder of Fueled by Marika Day. Join me here each week as we delve into what it really means to be a healthy and happy human. You'll hear from conversations with experts in their fields to raw and real chats about aspects of health and life that we really don't hear enough about. You'll be left feeling inspired, educated, and empowered to be the best version of you. So sit back, relax, or head on out for your walk, and let's dive on in. Hey everyone, and welcome back. I have realized that I always say welcome back and happy hump day or happy Wednesday, and it is only now at episode, what are we, like 33, that it's occurred to me that you guys are probably not listening to this on Wednesday when it goes live. So happy whatever day it is when you are listening to this. Uh, and thank you for listening. Of course, I hope you're having a wonderful day, morning, evening, whatever time of day it is. Today, we are going to talk about intuitive eating. And this episode is going to focus more on some of the myths and misconceptions that there are about intuitive eating, rather than really diving deep into what is intuitive eating and how to do it. We're going to save that for another time. The reason I wanted to do this episode is because I think that there is a lot of different opinions out there about intuitive eating. And I mean, rightly so, you're allowed to have your own opinion on whatever you want. Uh, But what I wanted to do is to give you guys, I guess, again, like every episode of this podcast is give you another perspective, another way to think about it. And again, see if intuitive eating fits your lifestyle. The thing that I have always been passionate about when it comes to approaches to nutrition is finding what works for you and for your lifestyle. And the way that as a dietitian, I used to describe this um, when I was working with clients is I would sort of say is, you know, I've got like a toolkit full of strategies and evidence-based strategies that I can use to help different people. I don't have one way of working and one method. And I think intuitive eating is a phenomenal tool to use for some people, for dietitians, but it's not necessarily the method that we would use for everyone. And this is where I guess when you're seeing people talking about intuitive eating online is to, again, like everything that you see online, take it within the context of that the person who's talking about it is talking to their audience. And not everything may resonate with you. And that's totally fine. And the same goes for what I talk about. I mean, I do have as much as I like to keep options open and as much as I like to educate you on all of the different ways that you can work towards a healthier and more balanced lifestyle. There is still going to be things that I do to, I guess, support you guys because I know what the what the primary concerns are that you guys do experience. And that's just purely through, you know, feedback that I've received on social media. It's through clients that I've worked with over the last eight years. I kind of know a little bit about you guys and I know a little bit about like your tendencies. Um, And so even things that I say may not resonate with you and that's totally fine. You don't have to agree with everything that I say. 
what my goal is, is like I said, is give you lots of different options so that then you can take what you want and leave what you don't want and find a way to live the healthiest and most balanced life that works for you. So today we're going to talk about intuitive eating. And I will start by explaining a little bit about what intuitive eating is, because I think it gives it some good context to begin. Okay, so what is intuitive eating? Intuitive eating is an evidence-based approach to health and well-being and nutrition in particular. And it was developed by a couple of dietitians back in, I'm going to say, the early 90s or mid 90s. And it is a really specific approach to health and life. And I think the reason why I want to emphasize this is that I think a lot of people, particularly when it comes to social media, think that intuitive eating purely means just trusting your body and just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. There's so much more to intuitive eating if we're thinking about actual intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is a process or a set of principles that is really specific when it comes to what's involved with it and what's not. So it's not just this airy-fairy term about, oh, trust your body. There is specific processes and specific principles in place that underpin the um, term intuitive eating. And I think where people get confused is that they just think that intuitive eating is, I guess, a generalized term that is used to label a way of eating, whereas it is a really specific step by step, or not step by step, but principle by principle process. I'm going to go through what the 10 principles of intuitive eating are just briefly. Um, I won't spend too long on them, but I want to touch on them just so that we have them to refer back to when we come to some of the myths and misconceptions, because they're going to help, I guess, qualify why some of the myths are in fact myths. So the first principle is to reject the diet mentality. So it means like throwing out all of the diet culture bullshit that we see online. It means that we are not going down like that diet culture, promoting weight loss, rapid weight loss, that our size is the most important thing about us. It's really not about that diet mentality and that diet. The second principle is to honor your hunger. So to honor that biological drive to consume food when we experience hunger. The third and the fourth principle are relatively similar. It is make peace with food and to challenge the food police. And I guess combining them together, it's really about uh, giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. And in particular, not labeling foods as good or bad or forbidden and removing that guilt around um around eating. And regardless of what type of food it is, whether it's high nutrient or low nutrient food. Number five is to discover the satisfaction factor. So this is about finding pleasure in eating and in the experience and the environment of eating. Number six is to feel your fullness. So like we said with hunger, honor your fullness and trust that the foods that you give yourself are the foods that you desire and listen to signals to your, from your body that you are no longer hungry. Number seven is to cope with your emotions with kindness. So this is recognizing that that our emotions do play a role in, I guess, our, our food and the way that we eat. And it's about finding ways to comfort, nurture, distract or resolve our issues like things like loneliness and boredom and anger that we all experience throughout life rather than necessarily turning to food to manage these emotions.
So really it's ultimately about like dealing with the source of the emotion rather than going to food for coping with the emotion. Number eight is to respect your body. And I love the language that they're using here, respect your body rather than love your body or even like your body. Um, You don't need to like or love your body in order to respect it. So that's just saying that all bodies, regardless of their shape, size, color, deserve dignity. Number nine is about movement. So movement is actually one of the core principles in intuitive eating. So it's not even just about intuitive eating. It includes movement. And what their approach to movement is, is to find movement that is not focused on calorie burning or burning energy, but finding movement that energizes you, that makes you feel good. And finally, honor your health with gentle nutrition. So nutrition is an important component of the intuitive eating process. So a lot of people think that intuitive eating means just, you know, eating whatever you want, whenever you want, but honoring your health is one of the core steps or core processes or core principles is the right word that is involved in intuitive eating. So it's making sure that you are eating nutrient dense foods so that you are being healthy in your physical body as well. One key thing here is that it's not about perfection around your nutrition. It's about that gentle approach to nutrition. All right. So the first myth that we are going to talk about is, is intuitive eating for weight loss? Now, hopefully after reading through those core principles, you will see that the purpose of intuitive eating is not in fact weight loss. That is not one of the core principles of intuitive eating. However, Weight may change as a result of engaging in intuitive eating, but that is not the core purpose of doing intuitive eating. And the way in which your mate can't talk, the way in which your weight may change depends on lots of different things. So for example, three different people may engage in intuitive eating and have three separate different experiences when it comes to their weight. So one might gain weight, one might lose weight, and one might maintain weight. What we typically see, and this is not always the case, and I'm going to speak about that more, but what we typically see is that people's weight will return more to their natural weight. So more to the weight that their body feels most comfortable. So as I said, for some that might be gaining weight, for some that might be losing weight, and for others that might just be maintaining weight. But yeah, intuitive eating has become really popular in diet culture at the moment. So if you Google intuitive eating, there's a lot of like weight loss diets that pop up and a lot of companies that are sort of bandwagoning on intuitive eating as a diet. And the way that they typically do this is that they use the term intuitive as in listening to your intuition, as in eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. But that is only 20% of the 10 principles. So that's two of the principles. It's 20% of the entire process of intuitive eating. So it's not really true intuitive eating. Again, if we are thinking about intuitive eating as that evidence-based practice for um, health and nutrition. The next myth is that intuitive eating means eating whatever you want, whenever you want. Now, let's go back to those 10 principles again, and let's think about what this actually means. So eating whatever you want, whenever you want, is probably ignoring hunger and fullness because what you want when you want is not necessarily about hunger and fullness. It's about cravings. And the other thing is that it's not 
honoring your health and it's not that gentle nutrition approach. So it's not just a free-for-all where you're going to go and eat McDonald's 24-7 or KFC or cakes or chips or whatever it is. It's allowing yourself to have those foods as part of a healthy and balanced diet. So it's not demonizing those foods, but again, remembering that health is and nutrient-dense foods are at the core of intuitive eating as well. So it's definitely not intuitive eating if you are just eating less nutrient-dense foods and not honoring your health all of the time. And the same then could also be said about hunger and fullness. So if you are eating um, foods that are nutrient poor and you're eating them in large amounts, like if you're eating whatever you want, whenever you want, and just free for all, that doesn't typically in my mind ring to honoring hunger or fullness either. Now, this next part is completely my opinion and feel free to take it or leave it. It is yours to do with, with what you please. But my opinion is around these principles is that depending on who you are, you will need to dial up some principles and dial down other principles. And what I mean is that it depends on your circumstances, your upbringings, your habits, your genetics, a lot of different things. But for some people, there is going to be instances where, for example, For example, you might have been brought up in an environment where all you have been exposed to is less healthy foods. So nutrient poor foods, energy dense foods, and that is what you genuinely feel like all of the time. And you are so conditioned to eating in a way that is well beyond fullness that you don't even recognize what hunger or fullness is. So In these circumstances, it's not as simple as it sounds. And this is where, in my opinion, there is going to have to be like different dials on the amount of um, amount of effort or what's the right word there? The amount of energy, I guess, that you put into each of these principles. And for some people, for example, the dial on the focusing on the gentle nutrition might need a dial up because that is something that they have not been exposed to in the past. Whereas other people, there might need to be a dial up onto honoring their hunger. So for example, if you have come from a background of disordered eating, and I'm going to talk about disordered eating a little bit later, but if you've come from a background of disordered eating, it might be starting to recognize and honor and allow yourself to feel hunger and then honor that hunger. So that might be the way that you tend to lean if that's your experience. Now, again, I don't have research to go with any of this. This is my opinion and how I guess I've practiced practiced how I practice as a dietitian or when I did practice as a dietitian. And again, this is my approach to health and nutrition is of intuitive eating. How can we make this fit your lifestyle and help you to be the healthiest and happiest version of yourself, given all of the circumstances that have brought you here today and not judging you for those circumstances. It's simply about, okay, we are here. Where do we want to go and how are we going to get there? The next myth is that intuitive eating is for people who have already lost weight or who are already thin. And I say a massive no to this um, absolute myth. And I think that the people who benefit the most from intuitive eating and following the principles of intuitive eating 
are those that have been through the ringer when it comes to diet culture and dieting because it offers an alternative approach. Now, again, I'm not here to say that going on a fat loss diet is the worst thing in the world. I acknowledge that that is the journey for some people and that is a health journey for some people as well. And I have in the past and continue to do so support people on that journey where it is done in the right way and it is done with health at the forefront. However, there is this idea and I really think it does come from social media and people have actually raised it with me before is that it seems that all of these influencers lose a bunch of weight and then they turn to intuitive eating. So they do all the stupid dieting things and, you know, ruin their relationship with food and then they move to intuitive eating. And the the, the mindset behind this questioning comes from people thinking, well, they already lost the weight, then they can pursue intuitive eating. And I want to say that this is an incredibly damaging belief and myth to hold because intuitive eating can be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly beneficial for anyone, regardless of your shape and size. And like I've just mentioned, it would be about dialing in certain aspects of it based on where you want to I guess, see your strengths in that area. So for example, if you hate exercising and you are punishing yourself with exercising, maybe movement and finding movement that you enjoy is the biggest priority of those 10 principles. Okay, the final myth I'm going to talk about is about intuitive eating being for everyone. I think that they, and this is my opinion, I'm not, I'm not got anything research backed for this. This is purely my opinion. I believe that there are aspects of intuitive eating that will work for everyone. However, I don't think that it is the approach that everyone wants to take and everybody should take. And in particular, there are certain medical conditions that are going to mean that intuitive eating is not advisable. And the first one that comes to mind is something like anorexia nervosa. Intuitive eating, yes, can be used down the track and yes, parts of it can be used during recovery, but there's definitely going to be parts of it that need, I guess, adapting. So for example, something that is really important in recovery from anorexia nervosa is weight restoration. And that might mean eating well beyond fullness, like well beyond and eating when you are not even hungry. And that is part of recovery. And that is part of health for that person. So I guess I want to emphasize that there is situations where principles of intuitive eating are not recommended based on your individual situations. And again, I think this is where we really need to, I guess, look at ourselves and look at our situations. And rather than just taking everything that we read or that we see online and thinking that we have to apply it exactly as it's told to us, I think this is where we really need to take to take the time and to stop and sort of think, what elements of this are going to work for me? What are not going to work for me? What might be challenging yet helpful for me? 
what is going to be easy and helpful and actually start to put together a way of working for us. Now, obviously, this is one of the benefits of going to working with a good dietitian one on one is that ideally this is what they are doing with you. But again, one of the things that I guess fueled and my purpose with fueled is, is helping you to be able to do this on your own and having that awareness and knowledge to be able to then apply things to your lifestyle so that, that you're not just trying to fit that square peg into the round hole. And I think that intuitive eating is a really good example of that. It is an example where, you know, there are certainly elements that will help so many people and I'm 95% like pro intuitive eating, but there are going to be circumstances where it's not going to be appropriate, where it might not be helpful or where only certain elements of it might be helpful or where we need to focus on certain elements of it and forget other elements. So I hope that's given you a little bit of an insight into some of the myths and misconceptions about intuitive eating. And hopefully now, if you are seeing information online about intuitive eating, you can start to make again an informed opinion, an informed decision about how you want to engage with that content or how you want to put it into practice in your life. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Very grateful for you guys always. Um, As always, feel free to tag me on social media if you enjoyed this episode. Love hearing from you. Have a wonderful week ahead and I will speak to you next week.